thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 29. I'm ASD. I'm Jack. Giles may join us. Uh, we were just talking just before we start recording what I was getting the whichever episode we're up on. And you said something brilliant uh, about fans. Do you want to say it again? About the fans, how just, every week. Uh, there, there is a, there's a, either a group of or an individual every week at the moment that is just completely emotionally shined down from Tottenham, from football, from sport. And it looks like that Giles is this week's victim um, of that. But, you know, 
you just got you got to ride the wave when it comes to especially when it comes to Spurs at the minute. Like it's incredibly painful uh, to watch. It's incredibly painful to have the hope, and I think that's what's done us this afternoon. Is after 15 minutes, I was calm. Game's done. Got one back. Pulled one back. Great, respectable. Three two. Oh, it's on. Three three. You know, this is we've done it. And then it. 30 seconds later, it's all gone. So it's like, you you know what? I just have to laugh at it at the minute because otherwise, like, what is the point of being involved in it? It was tough. This afternoon, it was tough. But it, look, a few more games to go till the end of the season. And hopefully we just draw a line under what has been another shambolic season and uh, try and look forward and look to the future. We've been saying, if, I thought it feels like months now that this is the most important seven days of the season uh really where you go we've got newcastle coming up <laughs> looking to take our place you've got man united and liverpool both of them fight not far in all sudden does and you go they need to look at those three fixtures and go forget all the others these are the ones where we turn up we just try our best we run ourselves into the ground we just do the basics really well we look like we care we run around we talk to each other and none of that has happened just i mean I don't. Uh, where do we even start? Like, do do we want to talk about the immediacies and, and the Liverpool game before we? Liverpool. Liverpool finished two hours ago, and we thought we did it. It was undeserved. We thought we did it, and then uh, Mora. I'm not sure if it was actually. I Wait, thought what? we. I thought we played absolutely brilliant for the last twenty minutes of the first half and twenty twenty first twenty twenty five minutes of the second half. I thought we played really really well. Um, we looked dangerous. We had a we had a bit more of a press going on, but we, we, every time we went forward and we got the ball into Kane, we 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 created so many chances. Like we've hit the woodwork twice. Um, Kulusevski had that chance we went clean through. Like we've created six or seven. I don't know what the XG stats were, but we've created six or seven really good opportunities throughout the game. Which playing away at a top side, you don't normally create that many chances. Normally, you go there and you think one or two and we've got to be clinical and take them um and we were really really good going forward in, in that 40 45 minute period bet- between half time um i didn't see it coming i'm not going to lie on 15 minutes when it was 3-0 i jokingly put on our group chat would anyone take 6-1 and if you'd have offered it to me at that point i may well have done because i was sat there thinking this is only going one way and it's just like newcastle have you ever seen such a bigger difference between the defence and the attack in a Tottenham team? I, it's, it's extraordinary. It's like two different teams. Yeah. I mean, if you compare the if you if you look at the Spurs from the the late nineties and the early two thousands defensively, that was absolutely shambolic. Um, and it does sort of feel like we're that type of side again, where yes, we'll score three, but we will let him fall, and it, and it feels like that it feels that way at the moment, and um, which is weird because only two months ago. We were saying how shocking we were going forward and all of our games. Do you know what I mean? There was no chance and it was terribly boring. So uh, at least we've got a bit of, an, of excitement back, even if it's not necessarily the results that we want. But um, defensively, we are all over, we are all over the place. And it doesn't seem to matter what centre-halves are being selected. I mean, Dyer and Romero, I mean, since the since this side of the World Cup, they have both been absolutely dreadful. Like, Romero's a World Cup winner, right? Starting with him, and like it doesn't look, it doesn't look like he wants to defend most of the time. And then the the penalty today, it, that is a classic Romero. 
just like lunging in. And I hate centre backs that are brilliant one week and terrible the next week. And like, there's no question. I'm not. There's no doubt in the guy's ability because you've seen him on a good day how good he is. Where's that player been this half of the season? I've, I haven't seen him have a good 90 minutes for what feels like ages. So that's been a real problem. Eric Dyer, I mean... It's quite sad, isn't it? I've, look, I, I, I like the guy. I like his character. He's not good enough to play centre-back for Spurs. Like, uh, And like, it is, it is as, as brutal as that. He's just not at the level we need. Um, he looks absolutely shot to pieces... He looks like watching Dyer at Spurs is like watching Maguire at Man United. Every single interaction he has with, with the ball, with any part of the game, he looks so shaky and nervous. And then naturally from that, he forces it and he makes a mistake. Um, the the first three goals, honestly, the, the it's just sh- it's shambolic it's defending. Isn't it? it's, shamb- it's shambolic defending. Um, you know, Davis has come in today. Weren't one of his better games, but I thought he did. Out of the three of them, I thought he did okay, but it weren't one of his better games. And um, but just I look at the wing backs. I mean, people know what my stance is on Perisic that I think he's such a quality player, but we're just playing in the wrong third of the pitch. And it's like if he doesn't start, then fine. He doesn't. He doesn't. If he doesn't start in the front three, then he doesn't play for me. Like I just I find it staggering that we've got a player of that quality in the defensive third of the pitch. But anyway, and, and of course, he him, gets found though, out. But with him, like, he is a great attacking player. And obviously, he got to, what, World Cup semi-final. Like, he's coming to the final, end of his yeah, yeah. final, sorry, yeah. Incredible player. You don't, you wouldn't put him there above Sun. So, he should be back up for Sun, really. Yeah. We And he should yeah. be playing at left-back. Do you know how many goals we've conceded this, this season it's so far? 50-odd, wasn't it, now? 57. 57. So, above us, Liverpool, 42. Below us, Villa, 42. Below it, below that Brighton forty. That must Brentford, be bottom. must be bottom five of the league though for goals. Cause we must be right down there. Yeah, so you have got Bournemouth on sixty four, uh, Leeds on sixty seven, but Nottingham Forest on sixty two. Leicester have got the same as Leicester. These are the teams we're talking about. Even Chelsea haven't conceded as many as us. Chelsea probably just, conceded thirty five. I think the thing is as well, I still like whenever we play away from home, we we are we are absolutely leaking goals. Um, well, granted, I've got United, a... United have scored three at our place, you know, this week as well. But like, it's, I feel like we are especially fragile away from home defensively. Like, and you don't. The, you. The, the thing that kills me with it is, I don't even feel like teams have to do a great deal to completely open us up. And that, you know, if you look at their first and second goal today, it's just a ball in behind. It's a it's it's a nothing ball. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, our last seven away results, excluding today. So Newcastle, we lost 6-1. Everton 1-1. Southampton 3-3. Then we lost three games, 1-0. Wolves, Sheffield United, which is still my least favourite result. Oh, Milan, 1-0 away. And then Leicester, 4-1 away. Lost, all of them. Lost. Just lost, leaking lost, lost. goals, isn't it? Just leaking goals. And I've got more... So they play, what, five at the back with two in front of them. I'm more confident of Supian, Toby, Rose and Walker being a better defence for those four than the seven that started mm. today in defence. And that it's is just, crazy. It, it's it's mad. And it's just like, like I said about Romero, I feel this way about, really, if I'm looking at that back five that started today, how many of them actually want to defend? And it's like, 
Davis is, you know, Davis probably, but the others, I feel like they're more worried about other stuff. And it's like your primary job is as a defender. And like, we're just, we're so easy to play against. And the, the Romero and Porro partnership, honestly, is, is <laughs> absolutely terrifying me at the moment because they're both just, they're both all over the place defensively. Um, they have moments of absolute brilliance, but I don't know, especially with Porro, if that's more luck than judgment, more, to be honest. Um but it was just, it was an atrocious start to the game. To find yourself 3-0 down again after 15 minutes, like like I said, I was just sat there thinking, this game is, you know, this will be a 5-0 at, at least. Our, our next three fixtures as well are Palace, Villa and Brentford. We could lose all of those quite, and we could yeah. be down in ninth or 10th, yeah, still yeah. above Chelsea. But it scares the life out of me how we've got this. We, how yeah. have we got to this position? Like we, we would like, I, I think we're really going to struggle, especially in the games that are away from home. There is just no still in this side. Um, away at Villa, we, Villa are going to pump us. We might, we, like, we will, that we'll get beat at Villa, like absolutely. We're, unless you know, we just have one of those incredible performances and Kane's son dig us out. But like, the only way we go to Villa and win is if we play really, really well. Like we are incapable at the moment of getting anything out of the game unless we are playing really well. Um, mm. which we have shown glimpses of in the last couple of games. Don't get me wrong. We played well for 40-odd minutes today. We played really well in the second half against United, I thought, on Thursday. But yeah, yeah. it's still a little too late. Like, you can't keep going two, three goals down before you start playing. And for me, that is... Maybe we'll talk about Mason and what he did tactically in a minute because I, I was really impressed with what he did in the second half. But for me, like, those players... They're just they're weak, soft, spineless, really group of players that don't have enough about them. And Gut, gutless cowards. They are. Gutless they are. cowards. Like you have a look at all of them. I, oh, anyone I just, can play well. Anyone can play well three nil down. It's easy to play well when you're three nil down because the game's gone. You've got freedom. No one really will have a go at you. And it's like and that is what this group of players is showing that when the pressure's on at nil nil in a game, when a game starts that's when you have to be on it and they're not. And then they're all of a sudden when the pressure is off of them, when they're out of the game, they can come back. And today sums it up. 3-0 down at Anfield, game's done. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you start playing, you come back to 3-3 and then you absolutely melt in the last minute of a game from a, a, a goal kick. A long ball is played forward. It's, it's a dreadful decision from Lucas Mora, but I do not believe that there were... But sorry, I believe that no one around him has said anything. Like as it's going forward, if be funny, I don't play at a particularly good level. I'm screaming forward channel, head it, and I, there, it would have been silence because there's there's no real defensive leaders on that pitch. Um, it's absolutely disastrous to that. Honestly, that that last goal. If my team on a Saturday, in the depths of the low leagues in Essex, conceded that. I would be swinging for people at full time, honestly. I'd, and they all sort of went up to him and consoled him after the game. It's like, no, he's just cost you. He's gone at the end of the season. Like, where where are your characters? You know, it's just, it's really disheartening to see it. And I, I, for me, like, this group is just absolutely finished. Because to, to have a week like that, where you can t- you can be so good in two games and so bad... It's it's alarming. The bit I was thinking, like the the feeling around the camp must be just so 
dark and depressing because forget how much you're paid like they they play once a week now and they want to win that's their job and even if they don't want to win for spurs they want to win for their future career who is going to take eric dyer now who, who is going to take we ain't gonna have to worry because it's signed a new three-year deal isn't it? Well, so that's rumoured. I don't know, but and this is the pro- I think there's just a cultural problem there. It's just it's acceptable to be second best and be reactive and just not be good yeah, enough. Right. Mourinho said it. Right. Conte said it. Haynes said it this week. They said they've lost some values. Like that's when we saw it. I remember we we talk about it all the time going to the last couple of games at White Hart Lane, and I knew we weren't going to lose. I knew we weren't going to lose the atmosphere in the crowd, the way that we were playing, the strength that we had, the mental toughness, the mentality monster thing. We were never going to lose. Yeah, we didn't win the league. And there's there's reasons for that. I think we came second that year. Yeah. But you know what bugs me as well, mate, on that is that in that dressing room, I guarantee you the message from the majority of those players have been unlucky lads. That was brilliant to come back to free all. That would have been that would have been what the message would have been from the players amongst themselves. Oh, it's so unlucky. We Robert deserved a draw. No, you get what you deserve in football. Like we deserve to lose that game because of how we defended a goal kick in the last minute. Like ultimately, that's what it come down to. I mean, Jota shouldn't have been on the pitch, right? It, oh, I'm my just word, saying. I've forgotten he, about that. that. He shouldn't have been what on the is pitch. What's that all about? How is that not a red card? Just cut someone's face up with a high boot. And I'm saying that not to say that you're wrong. I'm just saying he shouldn't have been on the pitch. He shouldn't have said it. But he was, and he shouldn't be getting that ball. I don't, I don't, you know what I don't understand is how that is not a clear and obvious error from the referee because it's either one, he's not quite seen what's happened, so he's given a yellow. Which, if that's the case, fine. But VAR surely then say, or oh, you've the you know you've I don't think you need to go and have a look because I don't think you've seen this, or it's the second, and the referee has seen it, and he's gone. Yep, that's a yellow. Like we had it I, in I, the week, I don't understand it? how it's not a red card. Like we had in the week against United, didn't we? Someone, one of that was it. Uh, Casemiro should have gone for a second yellow. Someone should have gone for a second yellow against United. Um, who was it? I think it was Lindelof. Oh, Lindelof. Lindelof. Sorry, yeah, Lindelof yeah. should have just should have gone, and we we haven't. But the, this is not the uh, the unlucky whinge. It's, it is just a disgrace. We talked about it on the pod last week. They just, all of them need to go. That the, Have you seen the interviews Kane did with Sun uh, with Sky? No, I've just, I've read a couple of the bits about it where he's talking about we've lost the culture and all of that, but I've not, I've not seen it yet. Like we all know, don't talk about it in public. Like that, that's not what the fans need to hear right now. I mean, he's got previous, isn't he, on that, the golf course with um, Gary, Gary Neville, but just don't, he's gone. He is gone. Do you think? Because yeah. like I, I, I saw that quote and I'm just a little bit like, I see that and some others about, you know, he, he wants to he wants to know, like, what's the plan with the club? Like how? And it's like, if you're in a job and like, you know, you're going, you don't care about that stuff. Like you're not even engaging with it. So part of me was like, when I read that, I was like, for him even to be having a conversation around how can we try and fix this get like if he was gone surely he'd be like i don't even care i'm done well i because i don't think he'll be gone this summer i think he's gone next summer so he just wants to know what's going on it'll be 30 31 next summer maybe let's go do you know what i was thinking though like we have been so over reliant on kane and son because imagine you just swap them out for chadley and pavlyuchenko like the state of that team then like really forster Porro, romero dyer davis perisic skip hoiberg kurusevsky and then chadley and um, Pavlichenko, 
awful team. That's good. I mean, yeah. The the only thing I would say, just on Kane, I guess there's there's a there's a few points, which is I do think that he suits us in terms of he's our guy and the whole side revolves around him. Um the same with England, really. Like we we play to Kane. Mm. Um so I'd be interested to see wherever he does go, if he goes into a team that is a well-oiled machine, how that how much that suits him. Um I'm not saying by the way that he's not going to score goals with of course he is, but it'd just be interesting to see how he would fit into something. Because at the minute it's basically like, how do we get the ball to Kane? And other sides might not necessarily play like that. Um if if we if we were in that state, right, that, that team you've just said with Chadley and Pavlochenko, they would ha- they would have to spend money. That they would have to, because that's a team that is gonna that's a mid table side. If we think it's a mid table, I don't think it's quite as bad as what some people say that we're going to get relegated and all that. I don't I don't buy that. Relegated. But that's a mid table side. That's a team that is probably, you know, in and around like where Fulham are at the minute. You know, that it's that kind of side. Tenth. And um with the importance of European football, whatever level that is, they'd have to spend money to strengthen that. So, like, if Kane does, inevitably when Kane does go, they are going to have to strengthen the side because they can't not. They can't let Kane go and be like, that's right, we'll just stick Richarlison in them and like, it'll be fine. It's like they, they, they would have, they'd have no choice but to put their hands in their pockets for some players, which... There is a bit of a narrative around Spurs that we never spend money, which I don't think is true at all. We just spend it absolutely horrifically. Um, That's the we've done pods before and we've looked at top 10 transfers and none of them are any good. Um, but the same could be said for a lot of the big sides. If you look if you look around Europe and look, look to all of the top teams, top 10 transfers, there are more misses than, than there are hits. But the problem is we don't have any hits in our list. That's what the biggest issue is. Yeah. Um, the only just just being trying to be super positive with about Kane's inevitable departure is that if he does go it would give us an opportunity to reinvent ourselves as a team that does press and you would need to obviously buy certain profile of player in different positions but we can't press Spurs when we're out the ball as a front three we have no counter press if we lose the ball high up we can't go and win it high up like we don't have the legs to do it um, and that's the only that's the only downside with having Kane in the side is that we're not able to do that. So we have to play deep, or we have to try and be a possession team. At the minute, we're neither of those, and we just struggle. Um, but I do think that it is inevitable that he does go. But the, some of the stuff that I read online from his interview, and it might have been quoted out of context, made me think, or oh, maybe maybe there's a, a small part of him that if we get the right appointment, he might say. I'm going to stay and try and fix this with you rather than I'm going to go. But, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just was thinking how many record transfers have worked out for any club? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. And I think, honestly, I think recruitment in football is so difficult to get right. And everyone, keep everyone of course, gives the example of Liverpool in recent years. They got Alisson. They got Van Dijk you know, Jota, and it's like they've been amazing signings. But if you also have a look in there, there are other players that they've brought in in that period that haven't quite worked, but they've just managed to make sure that some of their big transfers have stuck. You know, you, you look at Liverpool and, you you know, Naby Keita. Let me was, tell you, 
Yeah, yeah. Virgil van Dijk, mm. 85 million. Won them the Champions League. Twice. Great signing. Great yeah. signing. Darwin Nunez, to be seen, doesn't look like an £80 million player, but whatever. Alisson, 62 like million. Sixty-two million. take that. Cater, 60 million, doing a job. Luis Diaz, 47 million. I think the Cater one's a real, not a good, I don't think that's been a good really? buy for him. No. Ben Teke, for when it was 15, 16 for 46 million, that was a lot of money. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, and then, but then you go Chelsea. Chelsea, Enzo Fernandez, 121 million euro. Lukaku, 113. Fafana, 80 million. Kai Havertz, 80. Kepa, Madrid, Morata, Cucurella, mm. Pulisic, Torres, awful. United, Pogba, 105. Anthony Maguire, Sancho, Lukaku, Di Maria, Ca- Casemiro's turned out to be good. I mean, but 70 million for a 30 year old is crazy business. Mm. Fernandez, to be fair, 63 million doing the job for them. Marshall, Fred. Like, they, there aren't many. God, even Rio Ferdinand is still 13th. Incredible, isn't it? 0203 for 46 million, but that is, that's the one, isn't it? And that's it. And I think that just goes to show how difficult it is to get recruitment right. But in all of those lists, there are one or two that have stuck. For e- even in that Chelsea list, there are a few in there that you've gone, that that's worked for them. But the problem with us is when you look at that, there aren't any. And we... We don't have as deep as deeper pockets as those teams to be able to keep going back, keep going back, keep going back, um, and that's that's what the problem with us is. Is I just we spoke about this before with our recruitment. I don't I don't know what our strategy is. It feels like it's somebody playing FIFA, going that that guy's quite good. Let's get him. And it's like you, you need to think about every single aspect of what it is to bring someone to your side, like cult, culturally, age how successful they've been in in their last club, their playing style, our playing style, where do we want to be immediately in a year into all of this stuff. And I just think that we we just try and buy players that we can just chuck in and hope that they work straight away. And it's hope more than anything. There's three areas of recruitment that I think we've got massive problems. One, we need to stop buying club players. Like, it doesn't matter who the manager is, we're going to go out and buy Udogi, who looks... Like no idea, but what there doesn't seem to be a plan there. It just seems to be he's a good talent. Like let's just bring him in and see if, and see if it sticks. So there, there there doesn't seem to be a strategy there. But we need we know we need those players. Like we know that if we get ten of them and one of them is a Deli Alley, that's fine. But it doesn't seem to be the way at the moment. Two and the biggest one is the academy. I mean they've just won what the Premier Trophy, the kids, but they're also about to be relegated. And who who was the last player that came through? Like Skip a few years ago, before that was Winks. Mm-hmm. Like what, that we need a, a far more regular line, even if we're just selling them. Like it, that seems to be just broken. Conte didn't care about it. Um, but but enough. on that on that, you're not going to find any managers that do care about it. Because at the minute, there is so much pressure on immediate return on the pitch. You are not even going to give consideration to who's my top 18 year old and how can I try and nurture him, bring him, get him involved with the first team, kind of get him on the bench in some 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 games where, you know, I, yeah. I might be. They're not even thinking about that because it's like you lose five games on the bounce, you're gone. So it's like I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. There. What is the point of having this the best training academy in the world and the best facilities if we've not got, we should be have, we should have a conveyor belt of young players that we're looking to in the next five years push into the first team. Apart from Alfie Devine, who is what eighteen, so he, I mean it's very young. 
I couldn't even I couldn't even name half a dozen players in our in our academy setup, and it's like that is very telling. Like there's just there might be some great players there, but they have not got a chance of getting through at the minute because we're just so short term in everything we're doing. Well, that's it. And there doesn't seem to be a plan. Like I would love if Pochettino was allowed to fully just change. I would much rather 16 players where we have 11 first team players and five backups like goalkeeper, centre back, wing back, midfielder and attacker. And that's our team. And much rather have one amazing team than this crazy squad of old players. Players have been there too long. Players have been played out of position. And there's just no plan or culture. And it... And Levy has to be responsible for that because he either takes responsibility and cocks it up or he buffers out lots of people, pads it out, pads it out so he doesn't have to take responsibility and they fail. He employed a guy who was an expert in stadium naming rights, what, a year ago to get the stadium named? Where's that money? That could be 100 million that we could be putting into this team right now. I I can just see it now, opening game of next season and in the match day squad, you've got Regulon, Lacelso, Rodon, like I can, I can see it now, and it's just like where they've not shipped the players out, so they haven't brought any in, and those players end up having a pre-season with us, and you're going into the season being like, oh, I'm just gonna have to go with what I've got then. Like I can, yeah. I, I can, ju- I can really see that happening because, like you said about Dyer a minute ago, who's gonna take these players? Or even all these, all these players we've got out on loan, how many of them are actually doing well? Because that, that's the thing as well. It's all good being like, oh, we've loaned them out. They're off the wage bill. They need to play well. Because if they don't play well, they're coming back and you're stuck with them. And it's like, you, you know, Undumbele being the biggest one, he's going in. The next season is his last year of a five-year contract that he's had with us. And that has been the most shambolic signing I've ever seen. Uh, like, it, it, it's just, it's been a disaster. And he could end up leaving at the end of next season on a free, and he probably will. He may even go this summer for nothing because we just want to get rid of him. Who's going to come and take a player that hasn't played again? So the, the only players that I know of that have played is Brian. Brian Hill's played a fair bit from stuff that I've seen online, and Lacelso has played a bit as well. The rest of them, and it's it's a real problem to be able to get them out the door because. If we fail to do that, Christ, like you can't you can't even sign anyone until those players have gone. So it's a, they're in a real, real sticky situation going into next season and, and what they're going to do with players, because ultimately we need to get rid of probably a dozen players, if not more minimum. And like that is unheard of to for a club to do something like that. But we need a manager as well. Like I cannot bear the idea that we're going to end up in the same situation that we were where we just waited what five months for a manager uh, it's going to kill me it really but is again, going to kill me it will be uh, I, it seems so predictable to me that over the summer and that we're struggling to appoint anyone mason mason is in charge in pre-season we make signings the club makes signings then eventually a manager comes in and it's like these aren't my player and you're still in the same absolute mess that you've been in you are right the, the the first thing they have to do is get this the manager sorted and then they have to say you have got a full back in in terms of outgoings to start with yeah, yeah. that's been that's been a major issue of ours even if you go back to the potch days he wanted as much as at the time we were like no he wanted rose gone he wanted for tongan gone all the very he wanted he wanted these players shipped out and the club didn't do it 
And it's like, we already know the players are not good enough. We have to get them out. And it's like, if they don't do that, it doesn't matter what you bring in because those players are still going to be there. That's a bit, it. I mean, I'm I'm all for company now, and I believe they've held talks with company. But where you say that the the team, the play, the um manager only has got five, like if he does five losses, then he's out. I'm not sure that like Eric Ten Hag, I think Eric Ten Hag was they were told him like it's a project. I mean, they've probably told all the managers since Ferguson that like, it's a project. But I think they've they've had to say to him it's a project. You do what you want, and he has gone in. We turned him down because he didn't have enough character. Unbelievable. Look what you, like they're not the best team in the world now. United they are in. What they're in, they're in fourth now? They're fourth. They're fourth in a bad league. Um, what I would say is I've been quite impressed with Ten Hag. At the start of the season, I remember on one of our group chats being quite vocal about like I felt like Ten Hag had no idea what he was doing because the first half a dozen games of United season they were all over the place with the way he set them up. Yeah, and yeah. I think he's he's been one that he's almost been happy to sort of park his ego and be like. I don't want us necessarily to play like this for this game, but that's how we win. And that, and then he sets up based on that. Um, and that's, that, that's the manager being pragmatic, right? Which is what, you know, the, what you always say, the difference between it's not being a defensive manager, being pragmatic, working with what you've got. And I think he's proven to be very, very good at that. And he's improved players again. And, and this is the thing. If you look at United at the start of the season, you look at them now, yes, they've, you know, they've, brought in Casemiro has absolutely transformed their side. Um, look at what he's done with Rashford. It's the best football Rashford's played in his entire career. I watched Sancho the other night. I've never been convinced with Sancho. I thought he was quality against us. I thought he caused us so many problems. And like, it's good coaching. Right. That, um, that dire Rashford, their second oh, goal. Oh my God. That was the worst defending I've ever seen. But it was also like two different, it was like two different, leagues to different age groups playing like it it, it was unbelievable like yeah. Dyer just couldn't I feel like I could walk into a better position to stop that but Dyer I don't know if Rash was just rapid so he, he is he, he is, is obviously but, but you, I, do, I thought it's brain dead like if you're if you're playing against somebody that's got pace as soon as you are not touched tight with them you're done but like you're done like if, if you can't grab them they're past you and like at no point does he try and get. He just he's so scared about being burnt for pace. Yeah, yeah. That that's exactly what happens. And it's like if he was if he just gets touched tight with him, like to start with, like I, just, I it was I couldn't believe I couldn't believe a state of the defending. Um, I just I've I've you know what I do have I do feel for him because he must know he's playing badly. Do you know what I mean? He, like, and that must—that's a tough place for a footballer when you know you're playing poor, and you I keep going he, out, and you keep playing poor. He would want to be brilliant as well. I don't think he's like some of the others where they just, where they they go out and play just football. I think he would always want to be the best, and he just isn't. Great quote coming out of Mason. Um, it's hard to put into words. Impossible to take when you give literally give the opposition four goals without them having to earn it. It makes it very difficult. It makes it impossible to win games. Yeah. Um, at least we're not Chelsea. Chelsea are making my my whole my whole season. I, it's unbelievable how bad they are. I can't it's remember last time. It's such a shame. It's such a shame that they didn't have two or three points fewer because they would be in a battle then. Like that, genuinely, but they're on 39 points. I see a few people saying, oh, you know, if they lost all the games, 39 points is going to be they're safe. Like, but if they had 36 at this stage, then they would be in it. 
I how, really would. How good? And there's so many brilliant articles going about about players are miserable. They're having to change in the corridors because there's not enough space. No one feels like their first choice. They're all miserable. Lampard just hasn't won a game in his managerial career. It feels like um, tailor made for an Argentinian to go in there. I oh, mate, the the meltdown, made. the meltdown from the weird Pochettino cult Spurs fans is going to be insane. That's going to be the worst part of this season is those people coming out because I don't care. We will they now, will they now hate him? Because like we all know some, we both love Poch, right? And yeah. we also both recognise that at that point a change was necessary. I was gutted when he left, but like ultimately the club wasn't going to change, and at that time. The manager was really the only change you could make to try and get something going, and it's like I, I'm, I'm all in the camp of he should have been given time and backed. But the manager was all you could change at that point. They were in October. You can't like they weren't going to just gut the, you know, it wasn't going to happen. Those those fans that like you say are like weirdly obsessed with him, like weirdly obsessed with him. Will they now hate him or support Chelsea? Like, what's going to happen? Or, or were they, like, wishing, well, I hope he goes to Chelsea and is dreadful. Yeah. I For him, I want him to succeed. For Chelsea, I want him to crash and burn. Like, the fact that we didn't even speak to him just to say, like, we oh. know you're there. Like, he, he he's had spurs in his Instagram stuff, him and his, and Pedro, Jorge, sorry, uh, one of the Spanish names, um, always showing stats about Tottenham. Like, it's got to be an ego. Job an ego driven decision from Spurs to have not spoken to him because they can't admit they're wrong if he let's say his Spurs reign had have been with Everton or Aston Villa Mm. and then he'd left gone to PSG won the league in the cup and that at PSG and was now available we would 100% be talking to that manager like 100 100% there is no do you know what I mean he's proven that he can do it on a limited budget in this league he's gone to another league and managed superstars yeah okay he didn't win the, the ultimate prize at PSG but no one's been asked to do that yet there's no way we wouldn't be talking to that manager so like I do not understand it he's a free agent but it is baffling maybe that it's was baffling. the point of Kane's interview maybe it was like Levy go and get Pochettino you know that's what maybe that's what he wanted um or they're planning this amazing thing where Pochettino is going to get announced as Chelsea manager and then we announce him as else which would be the ultimate do you know what I mean that would be great. It'd be the ultimate thing, wouldn't it? Just for a bit of feel good. Just to get back at Abramovich for doing the same. But then yeah. to balance it out, we need to win multiple Champions Leagues and Leagues and FA Cup. So I'm not yeah, sure. But, you know, baby, baby yeah. steps. Baby <laughs> steps. <laughs> Can I, at one point, the Porro finish against United, I thought was very good. I, he finish. can't can't defend, but he's a, <laughs> he, can, he can shoot. He, honestly, he is just, he's, a, he's another Aurea. And it's like, do you remember how Aurea used to, Aurea scored some unbelievable goals for us and like did things and you think, my God, that was incredible. Can't, can't defend. He can't, he cannot defend. But you have to, again, with a player like that, you've got to play to his strengths, which are, he's a great athlete. He covers ground really well. So it's like, press the opposition. Mate, since he's arrived, he's had three managers. <laughs> he um, has had to refund his own fans. Uh, out of his own pocket, and he's deleted the social media because of the abuse he was getting. He must be I got, going like... I got, I got sent a brilliant message at 3-0 um, from a Liverpool mate, which was on on the group chat, which was, all of your players are going to be skint because all they're going to be just doing is just refunding fans every week. 
Do I heard? Levy wrote the oh, um, oh, sorry oh, for the, the Newcastle. Levy wrote the apology letter himself yeah. in Excel and sent it to the press yeah. in, in Excel format. I don't know, like, did he put it all in one, like, cell or multiple lines? It's like, that is so believable. It's yeah, yeah, so yeah. believable. <laughs> um, that's just a man who just loves numbers. There's yeah. that story in there he, at the old White Hart Lane in his box. The only thing he had on the wall was a, a counter of how many people have gone through the ticket barriers. That's all he had. Um, there was also another amazing Porro quote after the United game which he was quoted in um, the Spanish media saying, like, what was said at halftime and what were the, like, tactical changes that were made? And he said, to be honest, I don't know, <laughs> which is just, like, that's amazing. That it's just, like, he's just going out there and he has no idea what's happening. He must think, like, the Premier League is nuts. That must be his thought at the moment. He must be, be like, this is the most insane place to play football. Like, just goals right. galore. Managers chopping and changing every week. It's carnage, Spurs, at the minute. You're, so you're Ryan Mason. You turn up tomorrow, everyone's there, 10 o'clock in the morning. They all come in their really expensive cars. You sit down, you go, this is the plan. We've got four games remaining. We've got Palace. Massive, like, cup finals. I know we hate cup finals because we're shitting them. We've got Palace. We've got Villa away. Brentford at home. Leeds away. What are you saying? You know what? I, I'm not. I'm not even thinking about fixtures. They're all yeah. on the training. They're all on a training pitch, right? And I would. I would do some grueling drills, which would involve one v one stuff. As in, if you're having a seven side or an eight side, you pair players up, and it's like you can only tackle the player that you're paired up against. You're not allowed to touch anyone else. Make and make start making them accountable for stuff. Because if, if you're a midfielder, if you're Oliver Skip and he pairs you up with Saar and Saar scores, that's your fault. And like then they need to start understanding that people are accountable in football and it's like it's not okay to be a loser. And that that'd be that would be my focus at the minute. Because I think like they can prepare tactically all they want and they can have all these plans, but like if if we do not want to defend, all of that stuff goes out completely goes out the window. Um, so there needs to be something done this week about fighting for each other from minute one, not about fighting from when the game's already over. And that that's the biggest problem with this team is that there are, there's no characters, there's no still in there. You know, like I'm not saying you want to you want to go down the route of having a Tony Pulis Stoke team. Of course you don't. You want to see good football, but you need to be able to do both, and you Thanks. need characters that can dig you out in those tough moments and. It has to be your defense. How can you have passive defenders? How can you be a centre back and not want to stick your head on the ball when it comes in the box? Like you, you're ultimately you're not a defender, then, are you? I we don't get enough yellow cards like for aggression. I don't think anymore. I, I want to see someone go through someone and be like, right, we're going to lose today. You're going to have to bleed for it. And I know Just, that's really yeah. old school. No, 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 no. But like that, but that it's it's that, but like a, a controlled level, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's like. And that's how, you, like, that's how you have to play for 90 minutes. And I feel like my buzzword of the year is intensity. And I feel like I've said that every single week. And it's like, that is when you've got the ball in your defensive third, in the middle, in the attacking third, you have to have intensity with what you're doing. Everything's got to be done at maximum speed. Like, because the longer you take, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and defensively as well. Like, you just, 
I genuinely think if you'd got all the players on 11 aside tomorrow, put them on the training pitch and was like, right, we're going to start off and I'm going to kick the ball up in the air. Off we go. But that ball will bounce. I guarantee you the ball will bounce. There wouldn't be someone that would go, I'm, I'm winning this. And it's like football is obviously about way more than that at the top level. But at the minute, the way we're playing, it's really not. Because if you don't have that, ba- if you don't have the basics of that, you have not got a chance. Mate, who who genuinely has? I mean, you swerved my question. I'm going to come back to another one. But who genuinely has competition for their place? Like Larice did, and he's lost his place. We might never see him again. Right back. None of them. Centre back. Like literally, none of them have. The got... only the only positions probably the left sided centre half, Long Lyle Davis. If Bentico comes back, there's something there. But at the moment, it's Stephen Hoiberg, and that's not going to change. Bentico's not got competition for a place. He walks straight back into that team. Well, yeah, so who so who's your drop skip? I, I personally, I think that Hoiberg gets a lot of bad press, and I've said all season long, any midfield pairing in this, the way we play, is going to struggle. You could have a real top centre midfield. I think they, they'd find it really difficult. Um so I've got a lot of sympathy for him because I don't think that we've really seen a system that suits central midfielders, to be totally honest with you. No, um, me, me neither. But I think that Skip is a better player than him. I, I think, think I think everything that Hoybier can do, Skip can do better. I think he covers I think he covers more ground. Mm. I think he's he wins the ball back better. I think he's a more progressive passer and I yeah. think he can and I think he can carry the ball. And I don't think Hoybier can do all of those four things. I don't think he can do all four of them. And the ones he can do, I don't think he can do, do as well as Skip. The only thing is Hoybier gets forward more, doesn't he? We, you have seen him in more forward positions, which I just think is a bit... And there, there was a part of, um, which was the Newcastle game, apparently Skip was laying into everyone else in the change room. And I would love to see that more on the pitch. Like he, I, I'd be happy if he was his captain, if we saw that on the pitch. Centre of the park. I, it's time to get that captaincy off Larice. I'm not even sure we should give it to Kane if he's going to be off in a year. Give it to it's, someone in the centre of the park. It's a get, problem though, isn't it? It's a it's problem a area. It's we, a problem we've area. We've dropped our captain. We've dropped our captain. But I think Saar, Skip, Hoiberg, Bentker, decent team. If we're playing 4 2 3 one you've got Basuma to come back in. Oh my God, he can be amazing. 4 2 3 one I know you hate it. Well, you're not a big fan of it. I love it. Um, I don't mind 4 2 3 one I, I don't mind that as a system at all. But I, I, I agree with you in terms of you've got five central midfielders there. Like The problem is they're all five of them are very similar. That is that's, the, that's the only issue you've got. And in a, in a in a in a Conte system where it's this is your job and this is what you churn out every game, that's perfect. Um, that's the only problem that you've got five profiles of players there and it's it's, it's very very similar with all of them. They're all quite. Benson is probably the only one technically that is that is excellent. The it's other close. four are okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but I, I look at it and I think if everyone's fully fit, I I personally. The type of football that I want to see, I don't necessarily think that Hoybier is a is in the starting eleven, but I do think I, I I'm a, I'm a fan of him, but it is a position where he's quite a limited player. But if you've got him in there, you know, as a defensive midfielder, and you're asking him to win the ball back, give it simple, he does that job fantastically. Yeah, yeah. If you're asking your midfielders to do a bit more than that, then I think, and, and at the minute he is being asked to do more than that. I think he, I think he struggles. Well, yeah. The reason I say 14, at 15, at 15, at 15 mil from Southampton. He's been fine. 
But the point yeah. of the four-two-three-one was just to say there is one more midfielder in there to just in front of those because, yeah. and then they just do their jobs, and then you've got someone else who's there to be creative. Like Ericsson coming back was lovely to see. He was really good against us. Blah 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 blah. If he was in front of our two, yeah. I think it'd be a completely different game. But then also if we've got four behind them that can do their job properly, like if you had Vertonghen and Alderweireld, our jobs would be the, the whole team would be completely different because our defense is just gash at the moment. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's shocking. And and like you're looking at the team for next season. We need a goalkeeper. We need at least two cent, at least two centre halves, and we need a left back. And the reason I don't say right back is they've just obviously got Poro, so I think that they can they'll give him a run at it. But it's like you need a left back, two centre halves, and a keeper before you even thinking about a creative midfielder and all of that, which is why I, I, I do I do look at that. I think I put this on a group chat the other week and said you could play a four three three, which is an iteration of four two three one anyway. But if you're a high creative midfielder, like you, you need legs in the middle of the park. You you know, you don't need the typical number ten, you know, the James Madison esque player. You don't always need that. If you've got high energy players, that can be your style. Do you know what I mean? You can score yeah, goals yeah. from playing like that. But doing that you need you need a back four that's confident of, or, or however many at the back. You need a confident defence to play a high line because you can't be a high press team and, and sit deep. You know, so it's like it's catch twenty two. You're giving up on Sessignon. Yeah, yeah, I've got you. We've again it, team like he's, he's he's never fit. You know, again he's there's there's ability yeah. there. He's never fit. So then oh, again, there's another one they need to try and get rid of. Yeah, yeah, poor bastard. Okay, you're um, you've got a meeting with Harry Kane or Charlie Kane, his representative, to try and convince uh-huh. him to sign a three-year contract. What's your what's your angle? You know what? I don't even know what you say to the geezer. Like, like at this point, like it's a shambles. Um, I guess the only thing, the only thing that would keep him here is knowing that to play his whole his really his whole career at Spurs through thick and thin like that is a once in a career that's a once in a lifetime opportunity for a player and it's like he he could be that he's going to be a legend if he stays or if he goes but he could he could do that do you know what I mean and go down as the absolute greatest player that ever has and probably ever will play for us if he did that I don't know what else you can say to him other than that. You you can say, look, let's give you a four year deal, let's pay you three hundred grand. Do it will give you the captaincy. You know, you can have a say in yeah, the yeah. manager going forward. You know, you could we'll offer you a coaching role when you finish. You could do all of that stuff. Um, I don't know if that would motivate him or not. I think the only thing that the only thing you could get him on is pulling on the heartstrings of, "You're our man. We need you. Like, please help us." So, do you question him? then because Michael Richards is always banging on about how he's he might not be an elite player because he hasn't won anything and the point is well but he's one of the best players to ever play in the Premier League and so Michael will go well yeah but he should have gone somewhere where he could win bigger do you judge him like that I'm beginning to a little bit you know what it would be absolutely criminal for a player that good to go his whole career without winning something Mm. Like that, 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 like that could that just couldn't happen. And if he stays realistically, if he stays at Tottenham his whole career, he's not going to win a major on, as in a Premier League, a Champions League. He's not going to win it. But right? he's like, we're, I don't think he'll win not, anything. We're not going to do that. 
has he got an opportunity? If he stayed with Spurs for another five or six years, has he got an opportunity to win something? Of course he has. Of course he's got an opportunity Mate, to win but something. But what though? Right, realistically, and I'm, I'm being it's, serious. It's, it's at best, it's an FA Cup or it's a Europa League. It's the second tier tournaments that he but could we, win at Spurs. But we will, we, Levy will incentivise managers to win fourth. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I the agree only you. way we're winning the Europa League is if we are seventh and we are in the quarters of that. And it's looking like we're more likely to get in the Champions League that way. That's the only way. Yeah, or or it's a Carabao Cup. It's 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 not the elite competitions. He's not going to win a Premier League or Champions League my at point, Spurs. My point is, I I don't think Levy wants us to win any of those secondary things. It is we we. The priority is getting fourth so we can pay off the stadium because we're not going to win the Premier League. FA Cup is a lot of work and that actually damages our chances of getting fourth. Carabao Cup is one they, they will specifically say we do not care about this. So I think I think I think Levy and all the owners want to win every single game of football that we play. I, I, I believe that. But in terms of what do they prioritise, I agree with you that they would prioritise finishing the Champions League space over an FA Cup over a Europa League over a League Cup I, I think that um, and that that's the unfortunate state of it but it is but I would say Kane has got opportunities to win the secondary tournaments at Spurs he's got an opportunity to win it it's far from guaranteed far far from guaranteed if he if he wants a guaranteed trophy he has to go and sign for one of the Manchester clubs Chelsea or Liverpool and he and and he go and have a five four or five year deal there. He will win something in that in that period. He will because if you look back at the last thirty years, those teams always win in a five year cycle. It, you know it is what it is. Um, so I guess what what's the question? Would I judge him if he stayed? Well, I don't I, know. I don't. I think he's in a position that I would really not want to be in. If I'm completely honest with you, because. When when you've got that emotional attachment, that's what makes it absolutely horrible. Like if if six, seven years ago, when he was breaking through, we'd sold him to Villa and then he'd left there and he'd gone, you know, bounced around a little bit. And, and that now there was an opportunity to go to a top side. He would be absolutely forcing a move. No question. He'd have gone when, when we had Nuno, like he would have forced mm. it. No, but it's the it's that emotional pull of it's your club do you know what I mean like and that like I feel like the only person that he could probably talk to is a Steve Stephen Gerald or an Alan Shearer to just be like what do you do but at least you know Stevie G in his Liverpool days Liverpool did Liverpool were a cup team and they did win you mm-hmm. know and, and at that point you know when Gerald was having his head turned they had won stuff already you know, he'd got an FA Cup, a League Cup and that under his belt. So it was like, yeah, I have already yeah, yeah. won here. Um, I, I, like, I, honestly, if that's me in that position, I've absolutely no idea what I would do. Yeah, I'd done. find it so difficult to be able to decide because the cynic in him must be like, I'm one of the best players in the world. I've won nothing. But then look at his individual honours. It's so, honestly, I could That's talk about this stuff for hours. Now. His individual honours are incredible, but we don't hold that anywhere near as high a regard as we do a team honour. 
And it's like if you were to get a list up of players that have won the Premier League, you know, there will be loads on there. And you think, wow, like they, they you know, they offered nothing in that side. And they've, you know, got a, they've got a Premier League winner's medal or a Champions League winner's medal. So it's like, you know. And it, this is the problem with um, Michael Richards' argument about if you win the league, then you're in a, you're in a different level. Because like Richard Delatz won it, you know, there, there's yeah. a, Alex Butner on it. There's a, there's this is a, it. And there's like, a lot of players that were just at the right place at the right time and have, and have won, do you know what I mean, multiple. Right. And, um, Erling Haaland, unbelievable, 34 goals, 50 goals this season. Just, it's, it's scary, that, that man. But when he, when he dropped his hair in the week against the Arsenal, what a game yeah. of football that was, by the way. That wow. really pissed me off, that thing about Arsenal. Because forget the bottling thing, it, they went and tried. And they weren't good enough, but at least they tried. That that killed me inside a little bit. But when he dropped That's his hair and scored. From City. That, like, honestly, that was absolute elite level football from City. It like, really was, isn't it? Mind me of Barcelona, you know, it was just yeah. dominance. Uh, I have a list in front of me of the Premier League the top scorer in the Premier League for each club. This is the sort of thing you enjoy. Oh, love it. So I'm going to read you out some teams. It's oh. got every team that's been in the Premier League. What won't necessarily that's do that. That's amazing. Because there's going to be some real surprises in this as well. They really are. So Bournemouth. I can tell you when their first goal was, when their last goal was as well, if you want. It's Bournemouth's top goal scorer. Their Callum first, Wilson. No, last goal was in 2020. Josh King. Josh King. Strong work. Arsenal. Go on. Um, Maybe the greatest Premier League player of all time. Is it, is it is it is it Henri? I, it I, Henri, I, was, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was, but just length of service. 13 years, but still 175 goals in the Premier League is, is decent return. Villa. Yes. 10 years, 74 goals. Again, you've got to rack your brains, haven't you, to be like, who played for Villa? For 10 years. One of my 70... least favourite footballers. Yeah, 74 goals. Started scoring from 18th of March 2006. Was it... It's not Gabby Bonlahor, is it? Is it? Oh my word, he got 74 goals today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate him on TalkSport. <laughs> I hate him. I can't deal with him. Uh, Bolton Wanderers. I really hope it's Big Kev. It's big Kevin Davis. Is it? Yeah. I love yeah, Kevin yeah, yeah. Davis. Fun fact: I was at his one and only England cap, Strong which work. was England nil, Montenegro nil at the New Wembley, and he come on with fifteen. He come on with fifteen minutes to go, and we stuck a long ball up, and he should have. He just elbowed the, the Montenegro centre half, got booked. It was one of the worst games of football I've ever been to. Brighton and Hove Albion, last goal twenty twenty. First goal, 2017. Total goals, 26. Brighton and Hove Albion. Could this be uh, Glenn Murray? Glenn Murray, you are unbelievable at this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea Football Club. Oh, that's half super Frank. Yeah, super Frank. Because you just years. default to centre forwards, didn't you? That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. What about Coventry City? Oh, my word. Tino 61 was a... goals. 61. 61 goals. Um, Huckabee? No, that was my guess. But this guy played from... Uh, he played from 1994 to 
I can give you his teams. Cambridge. Oh, no. I'll, he'll give it away. Cambridge, Man United, Coventry, Villa, Leicester, Celtic, Norwich. Oh, Dion. Dion Dublin. I, 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 you know what? He did. He was a fullback. I thought it's got to be Huckabee, but no. Uh, just uh, Derby County is Dean Sturridge. I saw him play in my never, first ever game. Never would have got. You could honestly, if you'd offered me a grand, I would never have got I that. Really, I, I, I think my first ever game was Wales versus San Marino and Dean Sturridge played. Uh, Everton. They've had some decent forwards over the years as well, if you think back. Um, 68 goals from. What years? That's massively. 13 open. to 17. He's the most expensive Tim... player for two different clubs. He's in the top ten most expensive players for two different Is it clubs. Lukaku, yeah. Well, it, oh, I was gonna. I, I was. I was toying between potentially Tim Cahill, because again, that would have been a good shot. Yeah, yeah. Let me find out how many goals he scored. And then um, I don't know why but the other player that came to him was like Kevin Campbell. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know if he'd been. I don't know if he was there for that long. But I just picture him. Okay. Chris, this is the Everton League, 56 goals behind uh, Lukaku, 68. Fulham scored the best Europe, one of the best European oh, goals. Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey, yeah, yeah. Again, like, like my gut goes there, but I think, would he have scored enough? But then I suppose Fulham have never really had that, as they like that top. It was five years, 50 goals, 10 goals a season. Like. That is so Clint Dempsey. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> the juice. Uh, Mark Viduka. <laughs> Leeds United. Oh fuck! I just did it wrong way around. Leeds United. Mark Viduka. Uh, Leicester City. I mean, so Jamie Vardy, right? Jamie Vardy. Yeah. yeah. Eight years, 134 goals. Um, Liverpool. Oh, I that didn't is believe a, this. That is. I'm. I'm going to go for Mohamed Salah. It is on 135, yeah. and that's Did he recently the season. break it? I yeah, because it was yeah. Robbie Fowler. Fowler. Robbie Fowler. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen how many goals Ian Rush scored from? It's a joke, isn't it? Ian isn't Rush. It, isn't he? I think there were. I think I heard something the other day, which was he scored the most goals in the FA Cup. He scored 346 goals and 660 appearances from. That's a, a goal every. Other, unbelievable. Also, uh, 660 appearances. <laughs> it's a, like how do people play? Yeah. Incredible. And it, and people don't talk about him in the Welsh legend status, actually. That's interesting, probably because we were poor then. Why? I just because you've got Bale and then John Charles, I guess, and Giggs. But I, I don't know why. Underrated. Mm. City, that's easy. Oh, 184 right. goals. Yeah. United. Rooney. One goal less, one fewer goal. Um, Newcastle. Sure. That's not hard. Sure. Uh, Norwich. Two years, only two years, ninety-two to ninety-four. Is that is that Huckabee? Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton. Ah, I should have got that. Thirty-three goals. I mean, I was literally, I was literally born then. But anyway, uh, Portsmouth. Play up Pompey. Um, see, they've had a lot of decent forwards over the years, but they've never been there for that long. Because mm. it's like Defoe scored goals from Crouch scored goals from Then Jarni did. This guy was only there 03 to 05 as well, interestingly. Oh, um, that's tough, isn't it? That year, that period. 03 to 05 at Portsmouth. Do you want me to give you his career? 
Oh, go on. Julius Berger, Maccabee Haifa, Portsmouth, Middlesbrough, Everton, Blackburn, Guangzhou, Al-Rayan, Reading, Kayseri. Yakubu. Yakubu. I could see him. I could see it as you were going through. I could see him. Yakubu. He had the that celebration, didn't he? He did. He crossed his hands. QPR. Goal scorer. That's this tough. 92 is to 95. They, is, is that early 90s? Yeah. Is it Les Ferdinand? It is. Get in there. Strong work. Reading, 06 to 08. Dave Kitson. Kevin Doyle. Oh, it was a 50 50. That was. <laughs> I mean, oh. Shepherd Wednesdays, Mark Bright, Southampton's Latisse, Stoke City, six years, 39 goals in six years. Peter Crouch. No. Nope. Oh, Ricardo Fuller. No. Nope. Oh. Lumpy. That doesn't narrow it down. It can't be Kenwin Jones. No, it's John Walters. John Mark, that's a disgraceful top goal scorer. 39 goals. Kevin Phillips. No, I've done it again. Kevin Phillips of Sunday. Southampton. Southampton. I'm very tight. Swansea. Mechu sure had that amazing season, didn't he, where he got 15. Yeah, it's, not, it's not him. Yeah, 15. And then he disappeared. But... This person's got 25 over two seasons. It could be Fernando Lorente. No, that is a good shout. I'm not sure um, if we, we saw this player. Andre Ayew. No, Wilfred Boney. Oh, Great song. Come on, yeah. Wilfred Boney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, t- and then leading, this is why I looked for it, leading the list, 204 goals for Tottenham Hotspur, Harold Kane. Uh, Watford. I'd forgotten about Wilfred Boney. I'd forgotten about him. Unit, wasn't he? Yeah. Watford win the Ws. Uh, 47 goals over five years. Troy, D- Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney is correct. West, oh, West Brom, 30 goals in three years. That Lukaku was there. He was, it's not him. Um, Shane Long? No, almost came to Spurs and then just dropped oh, off a cliff. Peter Oh, God, oh, no, I've got them confused. Dodgy clue. Arden Wingy almost came to us, didn't he? Arden Wingy was the one who wanted to go a QPR and was sat in his car on deadline That's day right. and didn't get a move. Didn't he almost come to us, though? He nearly I... went to QPR. With... Redknapp was at QPR when he... When he nearly got him. Yeah, I remember that. I thought he almost came to us as well. No, that was Berahino. That was definitely Berahino. So that was Berahino. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was well excited for that transfer as well. I would imagine that, though. Um, we signed Sun instead. Yeah, better. But, why <laughs> uh, move? West Ham. See, I feel like I that this that this isn't Paolo Di Canio and it's Mark Noble. It's not, it's not either. Is it not Mark Noble? I thought it was because... So this guy is a striker and he seems to be a nice guy. 59 goals in eight years is not good enough. Is, that, is it Michael Antonio? Still going. Oh, my word. Just scored, didn't he? 59 goals in eight years. He says his last goal was tw- my birthday, 25th of February. So he scored in the week, didn't he? So it, it, this page, this would have gone that up a little like bit. That is like seven goals a season. It's not good enough, is it? My God. That's your uh, centre forward. Wigan. Um, 09 to 12. Hugo Rodiega. Oh, unbelievable. Is it? Is it? Unbelievable skills. Yeah. And then 
Wolverhampton Wanderers, 40 goals between 8 to 22. Uh, 18 to 22. 18 to 22. Um, Jota? No. He, I think he's still there. He's still there, just hasn't scored. Jimenez? Jimenez. See, si, senor. Pass the ball to round, he will score. My, fav- one... my favourite chance in the Premier League. Is he the one who broke his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the technical uh, yeah, yeah. diagnosis. Broken I'm a doctor. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a doctor. He was a good player, Jimenez, as well, before his injury. And they've just gone pure shithouse now and got Diego Costa up front, haven't they? Right. They really have. Do you want the lowest one? I didn't read out Cardiff City. See, that'll be someone that scored one three. season. Seven Fraser goals. Campbell. Jordan Much. He's a midfielder. My word, no wonder they went down. See, he... I oh, plays for Crawley at the moment. Do you want a Cardiff City story? Do I want one? Yeah. Always. Um, Dave Kerslake, who used to play for Spurs yeah. in the early 90s, I think it was. Right. I, I coached with him on a weekend, right? Yes. Really, really nice guy. I've interviewed him for the pop before. He did a cracking episode. Um, he was Malky Mackay's number two at Cardiff. Right. Right. When they when they were taken over and there was all that craziness about the club's identity changing and all that. And um, their club sacked Malky Mackay on the eve of a Premier League game away at Arsenal. And Dave was in charge for yeah. Arsenal away. Um yeah. So obviously set the team up and all that, and they lost 1-0 in the last minute. And he said he was, obviously being a Spurs guy, so he was absolutely gutted. And um, he spent about half an hour with Arsene Wenger after the game, had a glass of wine with him, said he was one of the nicest men, knew who he was, knew all the backroom staff. Like, he was like, he was an absolute class act. And um, he said, like, it was that was one of the most humbling moments that he had. And it's like, that's that's a class story, isn't it? And now he coaches with me on a Saturday. <laughs> I mean, Wenger, he just seems like a nice guy. I, I, I started reading his autobiography and I, I got bored, but he just seems like just a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And all that man does is watch football. That's, that's literally all Sesta, he's done. He, he watches three or four games a day. Yeah. Oh, God. Just um, while, we're, while we've mentioned the other lot, let's just say what an amazing job Unai Emery has done at Villa. They were... They were looking over their shoulder thinking we could get really really dragged into this relegation battle and like they are going to probably be playing European football next season in some capacity like what a season what a season what a job he has done there is a person that we both know whose friend was going out with him when he was at Arsenal because she met him on Tinder yeah yeah, yeah. don't think about it like that do you it is incredible like People fascinate me. They really do. But he's done an amazing job. But yeah. manager of the season, without doubt, is Gary O'Neill. Like he, Not to Zebra. No. He hasn't been long enough, I no. guess. No, no, no. Gary O'Neill got brought in. in Bournemouth had just lost 9-0 at Liverpool. Scott Parker had gone. And it was like, look at their team. Just look at the... I couldn't... You can't even name their 1-11. to That, like... They are so poor, but yet he he is Galvin. What a job! Like yeah, yeah. that is unbelievable what he's done there. What we talk about managers, I did mention it earlier. Klopp never liked him. 
Like, I've never liked him. Massive ego on him. He just feels inauthentic in everything he does. Going to celebrate in front of a 31 or whatever, however old Mason is, your manager, who's taken over because our interstitial manager, whatever he's called, was fired, and then pulling your hamstring. Like, good, you get get what you deserve, you prick. Like, it was so cringe what he did. You I've, I've got no time for him. You know what's funny? So I agree with everything you said there, but if he was a Tottenham manager, you would bloody love him. He's one of those. He Whoa. he he's the he's the managerial version of Costa Diego Costa. If he's in your sure. team, you love him. Yeah, I, I I'm I mean I I haven't listened back, but I don't love it when Mourinho. It's all about him, and it just feels like it's all about him. I, he knows he he's 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 on borrowed time. He even said so, didn't he, at that club? Like he's I don't think he'd be there after the end of next season. <laughs> Still. Whenever I hear Mourinho, I just think back to you saying, I think we're going to win the quadruple. I don't wait. think anyone can beat us. <laughs> and you believed it as well. I, I, it's my, it. I think it's my I think it's my favourite podcast moment when you were like, I, we just like, nobody can score a goal against us. Do you know what? I just wanted to enjoy. <laughs> I just wanted <laughs> to enjoy it. Because <laughs> it's been, like we said, it's been a waste of five years and we've got <laughs> to enjoy it, right? Fast forward a few years and we've conceded 17 goals in a week. 17 goals? No, 13. 13. I was going to say it's a lot. My maths is way off. 13 goals in a week. Is that right? We're six at Newcastle, four Four. today, three at Man United. There's two at Man United. We drew 2 2. Oh, there you go. I haven't got a score from. That's how gone I am. I don't even remember Thursday night. <laughs> oh, God. Well, easy game up next, though, eh? What, do you think, what, what, what are you thinking next few games? I'm, I'm honestly bricking it against Villa and Brentford and then Leeds. I think we'll, I think we'll beat Palace. I think we'll draw Palace, lose those two and beat Leeds on the last day and we'll finish ninth, something like that. I really do. I think we'll finish out of Europe. I, I personally, I think that we will beat Palace and Brentford at home. I think at home, I think we'll be OK. But going to Villa and on that last day, if Leeds need to beat us to stay up, like, mm. I think we'd lose. I think we'll lose at Leeds if they, if they and they will have something riding on that game. They absolutely will. I just honestly, I texted you, didn't I, in the week saying we should just make this the end of the show, end of season podcast. Let's just do best goals. You're re- ready to call it. Well, no, we could still have done them. It would just have been like, what are we going to see that's not predictable? The last 10 weeks of this have been the same, right? Mm. Even when we win, it feels the same. And it, it would have been, what What are the goals? Of the, who is the player of the season? It has to be Kane. It's been Kane for the last yeah, 10 yeah, years. I, it, like, it has to be Kane. Like, like, it, there's, no, there's not even another contender for it this year. Like Ryan Mason's going to be our manager of the season. He's he's got one point out of two. <laughs> we can we can this year have a manager of the season award because normally we, we can't. Year. No, but we we could last year as well because we had two managers last year. I, I, honestly, what's the goal of the season? It's going to be Sun versus Leicester, right? Or it's going to be Hoiberg versus not Marseille. Marseille. Although Sun Sun's worldy. Against Brighton was good though the other week. Yeah, it's got to be a sun goal. It's got to be a sun goal. Signing of the season, knows it's not going to be Perisic or Porro. We might have to skip. Like really, probably Forster. Yeah, it's going to be Forster. Like we've done it. 
What if thirty-five year old goalkeeper that we brought in as backup that's now number one? It's gonna get a new five year deal. Imagine how awkward it is doing goalkeeper training with like the captain of France who's a World Cup winner, just lost the World Cup, won the Euros, Spurs legend to a degree, and you're like, move over, mate. I'm starting on the weekend. We've got a geezer who, I th- honestly, I think if you saw Fraser Forster down the pub, you'd think he's 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's so big as well. Like he's just a large person. He, he covers most of the goal. He cannot move his, he looks uncomfortable moving. Like it's quite comic. He looks a bit like a cartoon character, the way he moves. Who, who do you think, out of, the, out of that starting 11, is going to get the fattest in old age? Oh, let's go for it. I don't think that Hoiberg definitely not. He's just going to go back to the Nordic countries and eat like fish. He's not him. He'll look look the same throughout the rest of his life. Romero will just look mental. Like he'll just get older. I reckon reckon Ben Davis could potentially pile it on. You reckon? Yeah, I could see that. Just Just going back, just being outside, having a few ciders every day, just enjoying himself. Yeah. Yeah, a bit like you're like has the same seven meals. He has a lasagna yeah. on Monday. He has pie on <laughs> Tuesday. Pushes the bat out on a Friday. There's a chilli con carne. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has his adventure days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some could... I don't think... Kulisevsky could do. I think he just could, like, just get a skinny, fat belly, you know? I think he'll just look... All, he'll just always look a bit shit. Skip. It's going to be Skip. He's going to go back to Wedding Garden City and just hang out in pubs. That's exactly what he's going to do. Balloon, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's going to he'll, go back he'll to be his the old one school that, like, friends. He will be. He, you will not recognise him. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. And like in his thoughts, he'd be like, oh, he's, yeah, he played 150 games for Spurs. And he'd be like, no, he didn't. Long hair. He's going to have like a big yeah, ring yeah. earring. But just, just long hair at the back. Nothing at the, nothing at the front. Yeah. And he yeah, has he's two for one in Weatherspoons. He has two for one and eats them both. <laughs> skip, skip, definitely. Do we have any? I mean, you, you, you'll be tempted to say Fraser Forster just because, again, he look, but uh, I feel That's like he'd carry from. it well. He'd carry it well. He, 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 he could be put, 25 stone and he'd look all right. Yeah, it would just, his whole body would just get bigger rather than it go to yeah. one place. Yeah. End on belly. <laughs> he's just going to get. <laughs> going to get was that oh um <laughs> yeah yeah he don't a hundred percent um also feel like tanganga he could be one of those do you know what i mean just yeah, yeah. sat around not doing a lot in retirement he's not doing a lot at the moment dyer dyer's got it in him just to eat a lot of like red meats i think gout just a bit of gout <laughs> that's it Winks will always Region will look like twelve. He'll be JJ. He'll be the next JJ. He'll just never get old. We're gonna honestly, he's gonna be starting the opening game of next season. That's what we should do next week. Can we do a predictor of the starting eleven for the opening game of next season? All right. Okay, that's a good idea. And I want to do the best long head player we've ever had because I saw I was early Harlan's when he dropped his hair, was magnificent. Stunt was magnificent. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. FIFA having a nightmare because they're like, oh, we're going to have to program some hair for next year. They've never had to do that before. Got to get Lara Croft code in. <laughs> right, I'm tired. This is the, this always happens. What an episode. What an episode. Hour and 22 minutes. This, this is what always happens. This is why I t- told Giles. Giles was like, oh, I'm not sure I can make it up so miserable. 
mate, obviously we love you. We understand it. But like these are always the best ones when it's miserable. Yeah, you could have been part of, you know, a fat 11. Fat, what's not to love? Not, not, you direct, well. not, not you not you directly but you know maybe that can be a conversation well, recently, though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i'm on holiday i'm on holiday next week actually oh, yeah that's nice to yeah. think of it so see where you going season. just running yeah. away from space where are you going yeah i'm going out to the caribbean god yeah next i week. can't wait if if and when you have kids and you start having miserable a miserable life that's what i'm looking forward to oh, i don't need kids for that mate <laughs> Spurs seems to get older. <laughs> bat 11 next week. Can we just do a, a, a bat 11 in general or some sort of 11 where we yeah, can? Yeah, I miss doing the 11s. Just take the mick a little bit. I like it, you know, when Talksport do their like their dog 11. But did you say did you, that was that honestly happened? That really made me laugh. I'm like, up front, Harry Canine. It's like <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> the oh, best, my favourite one on that team was in goal, stray given. <laughs> like that's that's world class. That's world class. Anyway, on that bombshell, it's time to end the show, mate. As ever, thank you. Um, I mean, don't forget the future's bright. The future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. How are you Spurs? I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised. Until today, just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.